Alrighty, everybody, this is Guru and the Wiz back at you again. Lots going on in football, college football, pro football. I even got an email from uh, Steph a little while ago, uh, Wiz. Uh, guy looks like he's uh, starting to get his act together finally. Uh, Wiz, good evening. How are you? I'm doing, doing pretty good. Not too bad. How about yourself? Uh, I'm doing well. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that... that I've been preparing and you've been preparing like I'm I could draft tomorrow. I'm really excited about that. I mean, I realize that the things things are going to change and, and, and we're going to talk about different things. But uh, I'm certainly glad we've taken the path that we've taken and um, and that we're looking at uh, different scenarios that are going on in, in, in the league right now. And uh, we're going to we're, we're starting to crack, crack the whip a little bit here, going through each position taking a look at some of the early rankings. We haven't put our official rankings out there in terms of what we think, but we're starting to uh, parse, I would say, parse the rankings a little bit and, and kind of giving a little bit of insight into what we think uh, for some of the preseason rankings. Yeah, I think, you know, it's uh, still a little bit uh, too early to, like, just start going over, you know, the rankings from one to, you know, 50 or 60 and running back. But what I think we, you know, like to do for for this podcast is maybe talk about some running back ones, top 12 or so guys that we kind of like, think are maybe being drafted too early and some that, you know, we think should be, you know, the other way around and do the same with maybe running back twos and running back threes, uh, some guys that we think should be moved up or down on draft board. So uh, are you ready to uh, give this a start here? I am ready. Now, so let me ask you a question before we get started on the running backs. And you, I think you know a little bit of my view on running backs is that, you know, I'm probably a little bit less engaged at the top of the leaderboard when I look at running backs because I think it's a position that's certainly a challenge when it comes to injuries. There seems to be guys popping up here and there. But I, I think it's important for leagues to understand when, when you're joining a league what the rules are going to be. And, and, and a term that we use frequently and you're going to hear all the time in fantasy is PPR, points per reception. And I wanted to ask you, Wiz, before we started on this, how many leagues do you think play PPR leagues as opposed to not playing it? I think more leagues play full PPR than than not PPR at all. I think, you know, uh, some leagues like to play half PPR or actually three-quarter PPR or, you know, different percentages. But I, I think um, I, I find it very infrequently uh, to hear about any leagues that don't play any kind of PPR or give any points per reception. So I think, I, I think uh, more leagues are, you know, give points per reception depending on whether it's a full point, half a point, or like I said, even maybe like three quarters of a point. Do we want to reveal uh, one of the leagues that we play in, uh, one of the rules? Do we actually want to reveal what we play uh, under? I think we could be one of the only leagues in the entire country that plays with these rules. Should we reveal it? Go ahead. Yeah, if you want. Yeah, so Wiz and I are partners with our boy Ricky Lassen, and we we play in a league where you get, what is it? You get 10 points for, or one point for um, every two carries. We get points for carrying the football. Uh, I don't know any other league that anybody I speak to that gets points for this. If, if, if you do know of one, please email Guru and Wiz and, and, and let us know because we're extremely... Uh, 
uh, curious to know if anybody else plays under these rules, but we play with those rules. We didn't instigate it. We didn't start it. We walked into it, but that's the rules in the league. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of giving points for carries for running backs. It's like giving points uh, points to quarterbacks for pass attempts. That doesn't really, you know, have anything to do with, uh, you know, the uh, the ability of the player or his production. It's kind of like I don't know. Seems uh, it seems a it seems a bit ridiculous to me. But I don't know. That's 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 that league, and uh, just abide by the rules. So let, let's get into the running backs, if you will. Sure. Uh, I guess I'll start um, with the running back ones. I'll give a guy that I don't necessarily like where he's being. Um, his ADP average draft position is, and a guy that I think should be moved up. So one guy that I think should be moved back, and another guy that I think should be moved up. The guy that I think should be moved back is Aaron Jones, and I like the player. I know you you love the player as well. Uh, you loved it going into last year, and his his numbers were just ridiculous. But uh, 19 touchdowns. He just had a, a fantastic year. It seemed like it was a perfect storm for him. <clears throat> um, nobody really else on the depth chart did anything. Even Jamal Williams missed some uh, times. Uh, he had a concussion. So, so he he it was a perfect st- uh, storm for Aaron Jones. They drafted a rookie running back this year, who I think may be more involved in the running game. Um, I know he's being looked at as around 12 or 14 or somewhere around the uh, running back one, but he's a running back, in my view, this year that has to be moved back. I just don't think these guys can duplicate these touchdown, uh, you know, that they had the year before. It just seems very difficult to duplicate, and without that, uh, I just don't think his numbers are going to be anywhere near they were. But he's a he's a good player. I just don't think he really is a running back one this year. And the guy that I think should be moved up is probably my favorite player in the NFL is Nick Chubb, who I think, you know, in a in a ridiculous circus, disorganized, clumsy coaching staff of play calling last year almost put the NFL in rushing. Uh, I think he could do that this year uh, with with a you know getting a new coaching staff in there who's competent and know what they're doing. So Nick Chubb is another guy that's around ten or twelve. I think he could get into that top five grouping as far as running backs go. I think he may be one of the best, if not the best, rushing running back in the entire NFL. Uh, and I think with a, a competent coaching staff who will put him in the right plays and position, um, he'll prove that. So I'm going Aaron Jones is a guy I like not to be where he is, and I like Nick Chubb to be, to be moved up. Your thoughts on how you view the running back one? So I actually want to comment on the, on the two guys you picked because I, I share your – I share your conviction on um, Aaron Jones for sure. So I, I think we'll see A.J. Dillon do a little bit more closing out of football games late in the season and, and maybe sticking his nose in there on, on the one and two yard line. Uh, it is really hard to score that many touchdowns again. And, and, and again, I was an advocate, as you know, in every league I was in last year, I thought Aaron Jones was going to be a top five guy and it ended up coming to fruition 
I, I don't love the Green Bay situation as a whole. The whole offense worries me. And then you bring this into it. And I don't want to forget about Jamal Williams because he's still there too. And he's an, he's an effective player when given an opportunity. So I just think it's too hard for him to duplicate that. So I'm in agreement with you there. I will just point out this on Nick Chubb. And he is the one guy, because I think you're on an island with this one, um, which I know you love, you love that too. I have seen so much commentary about what took place in the second half of the season last year when Kareem Hunt came back from suspension. And actually, first off, you know, to your point, Wiz, um, you know, we know my opinion on, on Freddie Kitchens. I thought he belonged on a, on a bass boat instead of on a NFL sideline. And, and that still holds the case. And I think Stefanski's a very different offensive mind when it comes to this. So that's a big beneficiary for Nick Chubb. But people have made all kinds of cockamamie excuses how much Nick Chubb's production fell once Kareem Hunt came around. And maybe that's true a little bit on the pass-catching side. It's not true on the rushing side. He had 800-yard games, four of them with, with Kareem Hunt and four of them without him. He had, he had four touchdowns when Kareem Hunt was there. He had five without him. So I don't agree with the commentary on that. But I think a lot of guys are using his excuse to knock Nick Chubb down a peg. So that's that's my only comment there. Um, So as far as... I'm going to go right to the top of the running back list. And I'm going to tell you, I think Christian McCaffrey has lived a very charmed life thus far in the NFL. We've got a completely new system in Carolina now. So I would say a player that has the opportunity to drop more than any other player. Now, remember, he's at an unbelievably high level, and I'm not saying that Saquon Barkley or Ezekiel Elliott is going to take that um, mantle away from him, but I think Christian McCaffrey's performance last year was, was unbelievable. I don't know how much more usage a player can take without getting injured, so I'm going to tell you, I think Christian McCaffrey is a big risk to come down way from the echelons where he was last year and down in value for this year. Uh, that doesn't mean I don't think he'll still be the number one running back. I just think it's, I think it's probably a lot closer between Barkley, Elliott, and McCaffrey than what some of the projections are for the numbers. So, so that's the first one. Yep, so, okay. yep, so that's the first one. And then I'm going to put two guys in there that I think are, 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 are in – in the wrong spot right now. And one is Josh Jacobs from the Raiders. And the second guy is Kenyon Drake from Arizona. So Kenyon Drake, when he came to Arizona, he played eight games with them in the second half of the year. Now, this is not a great offensive line. I understand that. But they still average five yards a carry. And the reason why they average that many yards a carry is because the spread offense that they run with three and four guys wide all the time, the running backs are going to face very little uh, I would say very little uh, defensive fronts that are going to be looking to stop the run that much. So, so Kenyon Drake took full advantage of that in his last eight games last year. He was the number two running back in all of the NFL behind Christian McCaffrey, and those eight games played with Arizona. So, I, I like him in the top ten. I think he's going to sneak in there. And Josh Jacobs. It was a story that came out today. I just don't see him not catching more than forty balls this year. I think they're going to increase his usage catching the football, and the guy played three or four games last year where, where, where the running back couldn't even put his shoulder down. He actually missed a couple of games. I think Josh Jacobs is going to tantalize us and get very close to that top five status. So those are the two guys I have moving up, and I, and the one guy I have moving down, I just think coming down to earth, is Christian McCaffrey. 
Fair enough. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a different viewpoint about McCaffrey. I haven't really heard much uh, of that. But uh, so you, you're not saying that he's not the number one guy. Oh, you'd be surprised if he stayed the number one guy. You're saying that gap between him and Elliott and maybe Barkley or Kamara um, is, is, is getting closer. That's correct. So I would still take him. If, if, you, if I was the number one pick in a snake draft, I'm still drafting Christian McCaffrey. What I am saying is I think if you look at the spread of his points versus all these other elite running backs last year, it was so dramatic and wide. And this is a new offensive system, right? we got to see how Joe Brady and Matt Rule work this offense. New quarterback in, in Teddy Bridgewater. So I'm I'm just going to take this down. And, and, and you agree with me. This is a guy that doesn't, you know, he's – He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's been remarkably resilient so far in his career. So I just think the gap narrows between all those players is my point. Fair enough. Uh, Moving on to the running back two spot, I'm going to give a couple of guys that I kind of don't like. Um, You know, not that they're being ranked way out of whack or it's not really in line, but I just don't trust either guy and I would not draft either guy at that position. I kind of like them moving backwards from where they are. Um, One is uh, Leonard Fournette. Um, I think Leonard Fournette's value last year's numbers is just not going to be this year because he had an outrageously number a high number of receptions last year, and now they brought in a third down receiving specialist in Chris Thompson from the Redskins, who I believe is going to be the third down back. So they're going to take away those receptions, and if you take away a decent amount or a fair amount of those receptions from Fournette last year and project onto this year, I'm just not sure I have him in that top 15 or 16 running backs or even maybe even higher, 14 running backs where some people rank him. So I'm downgrading Leonard Fournette. And the other player I'm downgrading is Melvin Gordon. Um, I've seen enough of Melvin Gordon's act already, to be honest. I mean, I'm not saying he's not a good player, but I I don't know. I I, I just think Philip Lindsay is going to eat into that value, and, like, where he's being ranked is just, in my view, um, I I wouldn't have that player that high. Again, I just think there are a lot of weapons going on there in Denver. There's a lot of moving parts. And for him to come in there and be considered a top 15 running back, I just don't like it. I don't buy it. Um, somebody else could really draft Melvin Gordon and Leonard Fournette. I'm, I'm, I'm downgrading both of those players um, to the very tail end of running back to probably, you know, 20 to 25. So not, not up there in that 15 range. Um, and then the guy that I am moving up is for some reason, it just doesn't seem that people are, are believer in Raheem Mostert. And the 49ers want to run the ball. I'm not 
buying McKinnon being able to make it through the season or eating into Mostert's carries. And Tevin Coleman's an okay player, but he's not a workhorse guy either. So the 49ers want to run it. Mostert looks great. You know, he's bulked up, realizing he's going to really get a lot of carries this year. And for some reason, he's just not ranked as high as he should be. So that's a player that I think is way out of line and not ranked high enough. So I'm going backwards with Gordon and Fournette, and I'm moving Raheem Mostert up, you know, pretty far up on my board for where he's looked at at around 20, 22 on some of these draft boards. I'm moving him up much, much closer to 12 or 14. So that's how I see it. Give us uh, your views on that running back two position. All right, so I'm just going to make a couple of comments on you because I'm in I'm in I'm in agreement with what you're saying. So, do you know Melvin Gordon has is 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 in four of his five seasons he's averaged under four yards per carry. I think I'm going to go out route right and say that Philip Lindsay will outscore Melvin Gordon in fantasy this year. So I'll go. Yeah, I'll, I would I would I would I would not be shocked at that. Yeah, I think Melvin Gordon was like three point eight yards a carry. Yeah. last year. Yep. Yep, so, the, so that's what I would say to that. And to Fournette, I think, you know, the Chris Thompson addition is, is a real one. I, you know I wasn't a big Fournette fan uh, last year. As you mentioned, they tried to trade him before the draft, and, I, I, and he seems to ruffle management's feathers a lot. I, I, want, I want nothing to do with that player. So I, and then I, and I agree with you on, on Mostert. It's just it's too low. I think he's going to be the guy there. Uh, I, think, I think Coleman as a complementary piece – and when I say complimentary, where he's touching the ball, you know, whatever, 30 to 40% of the time, um, is more the role that he's um, slated to be in. I think, he, I think he's more effective in that role as well. So, so those are just my comments on your guys. All right, so guys that I'm looking at, and, and, you know, in the rankings, and, you know, guys that just do I, – I don't want to touch older guys. Older and injured people scare me. So there's three guys that – qualify for, for that set of rules for me right away off the bat. And if you look at the yards per carry, they've continued to deteriorate. And even though these players are in really good positions to succeed because of the offense and more likely because of how they're going to be used, those are, these are three guys that will not be on my team, and that's Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, and David Johnson. And I think all of them have the opportunity where they're going to be the top dog in those offenses. But when I just look at the deterioration of effectiveness, you know, not being able to shed tackles and just a deterioration and just breaking, you know, breakaway speed. Those are three players that I just do not want to have part of my football team. So so that's what I would say, to, you know, for guys that I don't like. Um, for guys that I do like, you know, for whatever reason, um, you know, I I don't know where you have Austin Eckler, but I think a lot of people look at Austin Eckler as a number two running back. I, if if you see what he did in PPR leagues last year, you know he was a number three or four running back in PPR leagues. Now it's a new quarterback, and Philip Rivers is not there, but I still think he's going to be used in the same manner that he was used in last year. So I think he's got to still be an opportunity to be a top ten running back, especially because of the PPR aspect of it. And then the second guy, even though they went out and drafted a running back this year, I really like the way they used him in the last five games and the game in the playoffs, and that's Devin Singletary of Buffalo. I just think he's going to catch it more. He caught seven balls in that playoff game. He touched the ball in the last five games. He averaged 21 touches per game. I think he's just slated to move up the ranks. He's ranked too low, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I think, you know, the one thing that helps him for sure is, you know, getting Frank Gore out of there, um, who's, you know, just eat, was eating into some of his carries and yards. You know, Zach Moss, uh, you know, may fill that Frank Gore role. So I, I don't know what that's going to lead. As far as Echo goes, though, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, he, he's a really good player and he's going to catch a lot of balls. I'm just not sure, like, you know, he's I, – I, everything I've seen, I've seen him ranked around – 10 to 15, so um, I think he's kind of like being ranked maybe where you project he's going to be, so uh, I, I haven't seen him being uh, you know, I haven't seen anything out of line as far as Eckler goes, so um, I understand what you're saying, if you know, if, if anyone was ranking him too low uh, he shouldn't be like around 20 he definitely should be much further up. So we'll get into, I guess, like, you know, running backs 25 or further back, you know, that you, any guys that you want to comment on. So I'm just going to talk about a couple. One is, you know, to your point, I guess you're going to agree with this because you already made comment about, about him already is, like, I think people have, like, written off Philip Lindsay uh, that he is, you know, just going to be, you know, completely out of the picture, going to tote the bag for Melvin Gordon, not be used. I, I don't see it that way. I see Phil Lindsay having value. I can even see a point of him outscoring Melvin Gordon. So for people that don't have any ranked in the top 30 or 35, I think that's off. Um I think, you know, he still has value. He's still a good player and will be a, a major part of that offense. So if people are, you know, writing off Lindsay, I think they're going to be wrong about that. And then the other one is this Mark Ingram. I mean, it, it just seems like he is a forgotten guy and, you know, he goes to a new situation in Baltimore and people aren't expecting anything of him. And then they draft the rookie J.K. Dobbins and people again are going to think that he's going to take a back seat. And then just year in and year out, he just produces and does a little bit of everything. And uh, it's just a, a player in that offense that if people like have, you know, He's going to be completely out of the picture and not a big part of that offense. I think they're wrong. So, Lindsey and Ingram moving up. And as far as one guy moving back, is uh, it just pains me to watch these Bears play. And I, I, just, I, I just don't think Tariq Cohen should be ranked that high. Um, if you're not in a full PPR league, he definitely should not be ranked that high. Uh, I got a feeling Montgomery is going to have better usage and more usage. Um, and I think Tariq Cohen can have a game here or there where he puts up good numbers. I think he's kind of like relying on – if you have him, you have to kind of rely on some games where he just explodes and has some big plays through the passing game. But as far as a week-in, week-out – fantasy, you know, contributor, I'd almost rather have, like, a backup like a Latavius Murray, um, you know, like, clearly the backup to the Saints offense than a guy like Tariq Cohen, who's ranked in every one of these things I've seen much higher than a guy like Murray. So that's how I see it as far as, like, those running backs, 25, 30. Ingram and Lindsey should be ranked higher. And I've just seen enough of that Bears offense, and I just think Tariq Cohen is, is too much dependent on the big game here or there that being a, a fantasy consistent contributor. 
So with that, I'll, I'll give it to you to give any thoughts on those guys or any guys you want to add as well. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I mean, the play calling on the Bears last year was just, just tough to bear. It just uh, Pardon the pun, but it was really difficult to watch that team play last year. So he, he, I, I'd like to see – I actually think David Montgomery should be used more in the passing game, which I think he did do more of in college. And, and to me, Tariq Cohen's performance is – like, I don't know, like the first couple of years, it seemed like Tariq Cohen was able to break tackles and, get, and, and make those big plays. But, you know, he lost a little bit of that last year. I know he was doing yoga – in the offseason trying to get himself stronger and 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 you know hold up a little bit better so yeah it's an interesting it's an interesting discussion there i'm, I'm not going to disagree and, and ingram i think the most amazing part of ingram last year which probably you know again he was touchdown dependent but if you watched him catch out of the backfield which he wasn't really a predominant role that he played w- with the saints but he scored five touchdowns he had some of the best run after catches last year in that offense i mean certainly it helps with you know the threat of lamar miller and how defenses have to play against him but it really benefited ingram so i i, I think he is being like I, there is a write-off going on about about ingram he's ranked pretty low so uh, I, I would agree with you there. So, so where, where am I? Guys, I'm thinking about here. So, there's three interesting guys, and they and they're probably all going to be PPR guys. But I actually think I'm going to tie one into one guy I don't like, and one guy I do like from the same team. Sony Michelle is coming off of. Uh, uh, after season surgery here, there's lots of noise. He might not be ready for the beginning of the season. I know last year they drafted Damian Harris. Um, he didn't really get in there hardly at all. They still have Burkhead there. I think James White is the best running back on this roster. I know there's some noise. I don't know if they officially signed Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller hasn't played in a while, and he's getting up there in age. I think James White is probably underpriced. If Cam Newton wins the quarterback job, which I expect him to do, we know the way he utilized Christian McCaffrey. And I think Bill Belichick's going to realize, and we know what James White's done in Super Bowls and stuff like that. He's the best running back on this team. So I'm going to lift James White up and Sony Michelle down. Uh, so that's a, that's on one team. Uh, two other guys I like. Both of them, are, I think, have standalone value, but they're definitely sharing the rock and kind of backing up to start. But I think Matt Breed is going to actually outscore Jordan Howard in fantasy. I like both players. I think it's an effective combination. But I think if Breida can somehow find a way to not tweak that damn ankle of his... He'll be the best running back in terms of fantasy on this team. It'll be pretty close between the two of them because Howard's the guy that's going to tote the rock on the goal line. And then the other guy, you know I'm going to say it again, I just think he's got standalone value and he just showed so much playmaking ability at the end of last year, and that's Boston Scott. I think he's just going to catch a lot of balls. There's an emptiness in that backfield in Philadelphia, and I think he's got standalone value. And one other guy that I'm going to say I don't like, and, you know, I think LaShawn McCoy was, was, was signed for a reason. I know he's an older player. I've not seen anything that tells me Ronald Jones is going to be a really successful running back, and he's a guy that I wouldn't be part of in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, Ronald Jones is ranked way up there. I mean, so that's an interesting. Uh, do you think there's a chance that either the rookie or LaShawn McCoy are really going to eat into his stats this year? So I think one of the things that, that's interesting about McCoy, I think one reason why McCoy didn't play a lot at the end of the year last year is, is because he has no special team ability. But McCoy actually averaged four and a half yards a carry for the, for the Chiefs last year. And I think he's still got a little bit more legs in him. I think he's going to catch a lot more balls in that, in that offense than anybody's anticipating. I think McCoy is going to make noise in fantasy this year. 
And I think I have not seen enough of, of Ronald Jones to tell me that's a player they can have any confidence in. All right. Excellent stuff. So, All right. Uh, so, so I want to actually talk to you about a couple of things because I think there's a few teams that we're looking at here which to me look like there's a definitive battle that will go on for who's going to actually be the number one running back. So I'd just be, cu- be curious to know. There's a situation in Indianapolis where they drafted Jonathan Taylor and the incumbent is Marlon Mack. Uh, when we look at um, when we look at um, the Rams, there's a collection of players there. So I don't know if you want to tackle that that whole group, but there's a there's a bunch of guys there. So I'd just be curious. And then the other one is the Lions between the guy they drafted, DeAndre Swift, and a guy when he stayed on the field has been good when he's played, and that's on Johnson. But unfortunately, you know, he's not been able to stay on the field for a complete season. So I'm just curious how you're viewing those three situations because those seem to be the very, very live ones in terms of who's going to actually lead the backfields in production. Yeah, I think, I think those situations are going to be difficult where one guy is going to get like 23 carries and another guy is going to get like six carries. Um, you know, the DeAndre Swift and on Johnson situation is so interesting to me because, you know, not only, you know, they have two young players, on Johnson's entering his third year and DeAndre Swift is a rookie, they're similar players in, in, in their talent and, and what they do. Um, so I, I think in a situation like this, uh, normally it would be like kind of a, coin toss, but I gotta feel the incumbent guy has the advantage of what's going on and uh, being part of that system for a few years. Uh, I just think it may take a while for all of those rookies and all of those situations to really catch up to speed where maybe mid-season, towards the end of the season, they really could gain an advantage, but it's going to be hard-pressed to do that. As far as the the cold situation is, you know, he's a really good running back. Uh, I'm talking about Taylor, but his one weakness is pass protection. And it's one thing if you're weak in pass protection, if your quarterback is like Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson, but you miss a block or don't understand your assignment with Phillip Rivers as your quarterback, you're going to be standing next to the head coach for the rest of the game. And that concerns me about these rookies who aren't caught up uh, and, 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 and when his weakness is pass protection, that always concerns me. So, um, And then the Rams situation um, is a fun one, to be honest with you, because you have three, three talented backs. And uh, Cam Akers is a, is, a, is, a, is a good player. But the, the Rams were super high on Henderson, and he could do a lot of good things. And Malcolm Brown has always proven what he's been able to get in there and stay on the field to be a very, very good running back as well. So these are interesting situations. Um, I think you can get very, very lucky if you draft a running back and the and one of the other guys got hurt, then you would be golden. The problem is trying to figure out, you know, who is going to get the lead, you know, become the lead guy if there aren't any injuries. Uh, and then if you get one, are you are you married to drafting both guys? Because if you're in a, if you're in a snake draft or an auction draft and you want to get both those line running backs, it's not like you could take Carryon Johnson and round five and then reach around 14 
to draft DeAndre Swift. It's not like, you know, Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison where Madison is not going to go, you know, drafted early in, the, in a snake draft. Those two players in the Lions are going to be drafted fairly early, so it will be difficult to get both those players. So, yes, they're all talented players. It's very difficult to try and decipher this, and uh, it, it's what makes for a very interesting fantasy draft, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I think you know two of the two two players that you know two situations which which bear watching in addition to those, you know as a result of the one as a result of opt out and one as a uh, as a result of stupidity, um, you know Clyde Edwards-Helaire with Damian Williams opting out, you know certainly elevates him to a, a higher standing, you know based on the depth charts there. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And then the other one, and he's thirty five years old, but you know. Darius Geis, uh, you know, immediately released upon, you know, his, his you know, heinous act that he uh, uh, apparently committed. And, and, and now you have a situation where Adrian Peterson at age 35 is the lead back for the Washington football team. It's just it's just unbelievable. And it just goes to show you, like I said, the running back position is going to change a lot. You know, we're going to probably talk a little bit about handcuffs at some point in time because there's a lot of good ones out there, guys that we didn't even speak about in this particular uh, podcast. But but I'm intrigued at, at those couple of situations. I'm also intrigued, you know, when you look at a guy last year, everybody had such high hopes for James Conner last year coming to the season, and he just let everybody down. You know, you wonder how people view that player this year. You know, once once burned, you know, once bitten, twice shy. Uh, I, you know, it's probably a situation where, I think a guy like James Conner has really dropped a lot, uh, and people are a little bit more hesitant to kind of go after a player like that. So just interesting situations, and running back, I think, is one of the more complex positions, as, as Wiz noted, protecting the ball in terms of fumbling. That drives some coaches crazy. And as he talked about, rookies being behind the eight ball a little bit with pass coverage, pass you know missing pass assignments is, is a critical element uh, for the football team and it will not be tolerated by a lot of coaches. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those, those, those situations are all, you know, something to keep your eye on. It's, you know, it's not like, you know, you could watch the preseason games and then who plays in the third preseason game where the starters play? Who's playing in the fourth preseason game? Because that's a game where if you're going to be a real focal point of the offense, you're probably not going to be playing in that game. So with that removed from the equation now, that makes this all that much more interesting, complicated, and 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 really, you know, for the fantasy football guy coming into the season, um, there's there's going to be an element of this that uh, is kind of you know kind of guessing a little bit, but uh, you have to try and make as educated a guess as you possibly can, and uh, you know there's not going to be much visually to see, so uh, it, it's going to be interesting to say the least. You know, I'm just looking here right now. So there was supposed to be five games tomorrow. The Eagles and the Colts, the Lions and the Patriots, the Giants and the Jets, the Jags and the Panthers, and the Raiders and the Seahawks were all supposed to play tomorrow in preseason. And to your point, I think folks out there, you know, I know you and I utilize this a lot. We, you know, we, we are very dependent on, on, on what some of the beat writers say. Uh, and I think for folks out there that, don't engage in that sort of stuff, whether it's on Twitter or just reading newspaper articles. You might want to think about 
you know, implementing that strategy a little bit more this year. I think the beat writers are going to be your one lens into what's going on in some of those practice sessions, which I think pads go on around the 17th of August from what I can, from what I can ascertain. So I think you want to get to know, you know, what these beat writers, because those are the guys that are probably the few guys that are going to give you a glimpse of what's going on, uh, on, on each of the teams. Would you, would you agree with that statement? Yeah, with that, and, you know, definitely, uh, I definitely would agree, you know, with that. But, uh, you know, I think it's good. this is a different year for many, many reasons, and it's going to be a, a very different fantasy football year. And, you know, I'm just amazed, really, of how many people I talk to in their leagues are either not interested in starting or very hesitant to get up to start are slow with this or dubious about the start of the season or what's going to happen. Rest assured, the NFL season is going to start. That's a guarantee. How it unfolds and how many weeks it goes and whether it completes without any interruptions or there are any hiccups here or there, that's another thing. But I just don't understand the thinking behind a bunch of these guys and friends we have that like their leagues are like, you know, you're like they're shrugging their shoulders. Why are they they're, they're getting ready for their leagues? It's going to be a start of the football season. Uh, I came across today that less than 1% of players tested positive. They're, the numbers are, are, are absolutely fantastic. Now, I understand when traveling starts, but there are a lot of people and there's a lot of money behind the NFL that this is going to be a go, all systems go. And, uh, you know, I just don't understand the lackadaisical and cavalier attitude that a lot of our friends are in the leagues that we know are having about the upcoming season, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm right with you there. You know, I think I, I think yesterday was an interesting day. So first off, if you look at what's happened, you know, okay, baseball had their problems, but, you know, guys have to follow the rules and, and, and players have been calling out at other players for not following the rules. Um, we look at what the NBA and hockey and soccer would, has done, not just here, but in Europe too. These leagues have been able to to play on. Uh, you know, the NFL is going to, you know, if you, if you didn't watch Hard Knocks yesterday, it was a very interesting view into some of the uh, implementation of policies that they're putting into each and every team. And every team in the NFL is going to be doing this. I, I, I felt there was a really interesting glimpse into what's happening. So I think the fact that the SEC uh, is going to play football and the Big 12 is going to play football, uh, I know the Big 10 is not and the Pac-12 or not. But look, the NFL, I agree with Wiz. The NFL's starting. So you better get prepared for it. It could be delayed. You know, Wiz, Wiz has talked about a lot. These guys are ready for a 12-game, 14-game, 16-game season whatever ends up happening, but the season is going to start and you got to be prepared for it. So we're here to do our part, you know, Guru and Wiz, uh, Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, uh, you know, on, on Spotify and, and uh, on iTunes. Uh, you you want to follow us uh, wh- where you can, uh, SoundCloud as well. You can email at guruwiz at, at gmail.com. You know, we want to be here and we want to be relevant for you. Look, Wiz and I have over 50 years of combined experience doing this. And you want to listen to people that don't have the experience, go for it. But, you know, we've been doing this a long time. We think we know what we're doing. We make our mistakes too, but we're also trying to have fun with it. But more important than anything else, preparation has to happen. My friend Jimmy O, this banana of a guy, he said, I'll take a look at it the day before the draft. And Wiz, what's going to happen to him during the season? 
Yeah, I mean, it's it, you know he says he's going to catch up. Literally, the night before the draft. I mean, the way I look at it, here's the analogy. You know, these guys that are in your league are very, very important to you as a fantasy football owner because of one simple reason: every great boxer needs punching bags. So you make them your 11 punching bags. That's what we're going to do with Jimmy and these other guys that we're going to be competing against. And, uh, you know, that's what you're going to do to your opponents in the league as well. Once you, uh, you know, you make sure you follow us and you're, you know, using us as your guideline to the league, we're going to put you in great position to, uh, to do well and win your leagues. All right, so we'll we'll wrap it up there. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Wiz, thank you very much. We'll be tackling uh, both the wide receiver and tight end position. We'll do them in separate episodes, but those are upcoming. Uh, Wiz, thank you very much for a very entertaining uh, podcast today. Absolutely. 